Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of Always With, Never Against, a podcast of negotiations. My name is John Sakal, and I'm your host for this podcast. And it's hard to believe that I'm already recording the fourth episode. We've gotten a nice response from some folks so far, and I hope it continues to grow and build. Last episode, we talked about, or I talked about, the concept of BATNA, best alternative to a negotiated agreement, or as I mentioned, as one of my students used to call it, best alternative to no agreement. I also like simply shortcutting it to plan B, having a backup, and how important it is to have a backup when you go into a negotiation and you want to spend some time putting that back up together so you know what your options are going into it. Otherwise, if you go into a negotiation with one or more other parties and you don't feel that you have any other options, you have no alternatives, then you're pretty much at their mercy. And that's not a good position to be in in a negotiation. So, Take some time, figure out what your best alternative is, and you'll come up with more than one, and it may change during the course of the negotiation, and be prepared for that. We'll talk about that a little more in a future episode. And you also want to spend time figuring out what your counterpart's alternatives are, so you're prepared for those as well. There's another term that we did not have time to get to last episode because I have promised I'm my goal is to keep these at 10 minutes nice short simple and sweet Uh, the other term that I tend to talk about when I talk about BANTNA is a term called ZOPA Z-O-P-A stands for zone of possible agreement when you're doing your research prior to the actual negotiating this is where you're going to kind of figure out how much you're willing for example if it were for a car how much you're willing to spend compared to how much you think they'd be willing to take and whether or not there is even a possibility of there being an agreement for example if you're willing to spend twenty thousand dollars for a car and you're thinking about maybe, I don't know, a Range Rover, a Lexus, Ferrari, something like that, odds are they're not going to be willing to accept the offer that you're willing to make. So in that situation, there is probably no ZOPA. There is not any type of zone where there might be an agreement found. And this applies whether it's a house whatever it is where there is an opportunity to negotiate a purchase price. And that can apply in other areas as well, but I think using price is a good example. If, on the other hand, you're willing to spend $30,000 for a car and you're looking at Hondas or Chevys, even Subarus, where, yeah, it should be easy to find one of those cars within your price range. They would be willing to go up to 30. They might go lower. So somewhere, for example, if there's a car that they're asking 20,000 for and you have 30,000 set aside, well then yes, there is a zone of possible agreement. Doesn't mean you're gonna offer 30 right off the bat. Let's say the car's selling for 25, you might offer 20, 
you get the general idea. So there should be a zone of agreement. And the reason this matters when you're doing your research, if during the course of preparing for the negotiation, you come to realize that no matter how much you may scrimper, whatever you may offer, it's probably not going to be enough. There, there's no foreseeable ZOPA. Well, in that case, you fall back to your banner. What are your other options? And save yourself the time, trouble, frustration, aggravation of trying to negotiate an agreement where there is simply no zone in existence for there to be a possible agreement. So focus on those that are more likely. Focus in the areas where there is a zone of possible agreement. Otherwise, you're just, you know, if you may think, oh, I, I can talk that Mercedes guy into a brand new car for 20, well, you probably can't. So keep one foot in reality and understand you have a limited amount of time to put into the research, into the negotiation. There are other things that are going to happen in life, other things you need to spend your attention on, your efforts, your money. So if there's no ZOPA, if there is not a zone of possible agreement, then don't waste your time trying to force one. It's not going to happen. Okay, BANTNA and ZOPA, the two terms that I like to refer to. Now, I still have a little over four minutes left. I'm going to talk in the next couple of episodes uh, about the four methods of collaborative negotiating. I got these, and you will find them yourself. And an incredible book called Getting to Yes. It was first came out in, I believe, 1981. It started the whole concept of principled collaborative negotiating based on four core principles, four core methods. And I'm going to talk briefly about the first one right now, and then I'll get into the other three over the next two episodes probably. And that's simply separating the person from the problem. Focus on the problem, not the person. You are not there to judge the other person, what they're wearing, what they look like, what color their hair may be. That does not matter. Focus on the objective at hand, which is trying to come to an agreement, to collaborate, to work with the other party or parties involved. One of the great things, if, if you're negotiating and person on the other side of the table says, well, you know, I really don't, I don't like that shirt. I don't like the color of your hair or kind of car you drive. Then you, you engage in a little, what we like to refer to as negotiating jujitsu and you kind of turn their argument against them and say, well, if you have no problems with our proposal for the price or the terms of the contract, if all you want to talk about is, you know, my, my clothing or my hair or whatever, then I assume you're good to go with our proposed agreement. Focus on the problem. Do not worry about the person. Understand they are doing their job the same way you are doing yours. Their job is to try to collaboratively get the best deal for their company, their organization, the same way you are. Hopefully, they've had some practice in collaboration and principled negotiating, and they understand the importance of working together, working with and not against. 
but you need to focus on the problem at have at hand and and not get sidetracked by a bunch of other things and it's easy to do when you start talking you get involved in the negotiation yes it is very easy to get sidetracked you're engaging a little small talk up front kind of trying to relax everything a bit and you can get sidetracked don't focus on the problem separate the person from the problem when you return something to the store because it didn't work out you don't have a receipt the return clerk at the store says sorry can't take it back without a receipt don't yell at them they're doing their job they didn't make the rules the problem is store requires a receipt for returns you don't have it Yelling at them is not going to change anything. Demanding to see the manager or threatening to get them. No, that is not good negotiating strategy. You want to work with them. Do not attack them. Focus on the problem. And by doing your research up front, understanding what your goals are and how you think you can best get the other side to agree and to work with them, that's your goal going into the negotiation prepared and ready and focused on the problem and trying to come to terms and work out whatever issues there need to be worked out. That simple. Not worrying about the person, what they're wearing, who else is at the table, who that doesn't matter. Focus on the problem, focus on the issues, focus on what it is you are there to negotiate about and over. All right, nine minutes and 50 seconds. I'm bringing this one in under the 10 o'clock gun once again. Thank you very much, everyone. See you in two or back in two weeks. Take care.